Hey y'all, it's time to take a brew break. I'm Keela from Keela D Sub Creations, sharing my favorite stories 11 points at a time. You can look forward to English major insights, fangirl freakouts, and biblical tidbits as I dive deep into fiction and nonfiction stories in any form. Now grab a brew and join me for 11Zs. It's been a minute since we dug into God's story, so this week I thought we would look at 11 instances of biblical creativity. It wasn't until the past few years that I truly noticed the value of creativity in God's eyes, so I thought I would show you what I've seen in his word that encourages me in my creative pursuits. But first, today's 11Zs drink is an H-E-B unsweetened sparkling water with lime. Straight up, nothing too fancy, but it's delicious and sugar-free, so yeah, I'm loving it. Okay, this first instance is easy. Genesis 1. The very first words of the Bible say, In the beginning God created. That is the very first thing we learn about our Father. He is creative. He created the heavens, the earth, the plants, the animals. Verse 26 says, Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness. And up until that point, the only thing we know about God's image and likeness is that he is a creator. So we know that we have the creative spirit in us too. And I'll get more into that later. The second instance I want to discuss is in Exodus. God is explaining how to build the tabernacle to hold the Ark of the Covenant. He is giving all sorts of detailed instructions about the size and design of this special place. And in chapter 31, the Lord says to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, and the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Now, keep in mind, this is the very first person we've seen who is filled with the Spirit of God. Verse 3 continues saying, God has filled him with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stone, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. The very first person recorded in the Bible to have the Spirit of God was an artist, and God called him to a very important role of understanding and creating for the tabernacle. I would be remiss to talk about biblical creativity if I didn't talk about how when God wanted to destroy the walls of Jericho, he didn't send an army, he sent a marching band. Obviously, I have very personal ties to marching bands, trumpets especially, since I married one. A trumpet player, that is. In fact, trumpets and percussion are the two instrument groups mentioned most in the Bible, just saying. Anyway, the story of Joshua chapter 6 is one of my favorites for many reasons. I think it says a lot about prayer and trust. God said he delivered Jericho into their hands before he even told them how to take it. Joshua and his men thanked God for the city before they marched around the seventh time. And even though it was a strange command, Joshua followed it. They silently marched for six days and then paraded their trumpets around on the seventh day. And guess what? It worked! God can use artists and musicians and all kinds of people to further his kingdom in unique ways. For number four, we have to go back to God's creativity. In Genesis, we kind of get the quick version for how God created the earth, but in Job, he goes into a little more detail. From Job 38 to 41, God explains his power and glory through the creations he has put in place in this world. Here are some snippets. 
God laid out the earth's foundations, marking its dimensions. He made the morning stars sing together. He wraps the sea in darkness and halts its waves. He reserves storehouses of snow and hail for times of trouble. He created and intimately knows all the creatures that roam the earth. His voice is like thunder and controls the thunder. He can keep the freaking Megalodon as a pet. (laughs) I digress. But the point is his creativity knows no bounds. Watch one YouTube video about the scope of the universe and you will catch a glimpse of understanding. He made it all, he knows it all, and he loves it all. Y'all have heard me talk about subcreations before, which is a term I got from J.R.R. Tolkien, but believe it or not, there is actually some scripture to support it too. Psalm 19 starts with, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands, which again describes God's vast creative nature in the universe. Then the chapter ends with verse 14 that says, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So David started out this song by praising God and marveling at the beauty of his creations. Then he ends by basically saying, I hope this song that I created is pleasing to you, God. And that's exactly what we're called to do. Use our gifts and passions and creativity to honor and serve him and his people. The Psalms are filled with creative writings from David and other authors. There is poetry and music, both sorrowful and joyful. They show how God loves and hears all of our prayers, even ones that are written or sung. The next one I want to talk about is one of my favorite verses, Psalm 45, 1, which is the first line of a wedding song. It says, My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. This verse basically inspired my yearbook quote and Keelity Subcreation's motto, which is, God's the author, I'm just taking notes. Essentially, yes, I am a writer but I'm just writing down the amazing things that God has done in my life. He is the ultimate author and perfecter of the faith, and I'm just taking notes on what I see. And everything I say, do, and create needs to reflect back on him as the skillful writer. Next, I want to talk about Ecclesiastes, which is a collection of words from a wise teacher who most believe to be King Solomon. After a few chapters of some good advice and some hopeless ranting, The book ends with the conclusion of the matter. I'm going to read chapter 12, verses 9 through 12. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. That last verse was my pinned tweet for a while, but what I appreciate about this passage is that the teacher took time to do his homework and to make sure the words he was writing were true and helpful. Obviously, all scripture is God-breathed and useful, but this shows that there were real humans behind the actual pen and paper, or quill and ink. It also shows that just because the teacher enjoyed this work didn't mean that it didn't exhaust him. Creative work is still work, and even though we love it a lot of the time, we still deal with days when we kind of hate it. But we do it anyway, to love God and love others through our passions. 
Are you seeing a pattern here? <laughs> I just recently did a Linton study of the book of Ezekiel, which was so great because even though I've read it before, it's hard to digest. So this was my first time really diving deep into this book. There are prophecies and punishments, wheels and zombies. <laughs> and in chapter 24, verse 2, the Lord tells Ezekiel, write down the name of this day, this very day. And there are several verses similar to this all throughout scripture. God wants us to record our experiences. He wants us to work through our thoughts and feelings and circumstances through our creativity. He wants his stories to be told to future generations. He can work through music, art, the written word, construction projects, etc. So take pictures, write poetry, tell stories, and remember what he has done for us. Okay, number nine is for all the bookworms out there. The very last verse of John's Gospel says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Imagine that library for a second. A library bigger than the beasts. Bigger than the one in Doctor Who. Bigger than the whole world. As amazing as our human creativity is, it will never be able to capture or compare to the awesome glory and power that is Christ Jesus. And he walked this earth for just 33 years. As someone who has attempted to write my memoir several times, I can tell you that at 27, I don't even have enough fodder for one book. Jesus is infinitely greater than anything we can possibly imagine or create. And that's okay because we get to spend our whole lives and all of eternity growing closer to him and learning more about him. I just talked about this penultimate verse on my Instagram Reel series, The Next Piece. Check it out on Tuesdays if you haven't already. But Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And I recently heard on the Nerd of Godcast that the Greek word for do in that sentence is translated to mean make, produce, construct, form, fashion, author, cause, acquire, etc. That's pretty all-encompassing. God gives us the power to choose, something we talked about on the Jordan Rayner episode. So we can choose to build bridges, design websites, write books, teach children, fix phones, create pottery, fight fires, sell shoes, investigate crimes, vlog about movies, whatever we want, as long as we do so with all of our heart to serve God and his children well. Finally, we started with Genesis 1. We have to go all the way through Revelation 21 and 22. It is revealed to John what the new heaven and new earth will look like for eternity. He describes the holy city as adorned as a bride on her wedding day. The walls are made of jasper and the city is pure gold. The foundation stones are adorned with sapphire, emerald, topaz, and amethyst, and the gates indeed are made of pearls. There is no temple and no sun, because the presence of the Lord is there. Isaiah 65 speaks about new heaven and new earth as well, saying that we will build houses and plant fields and have satisfaction in our work. That means there will be work in eternity. There will be worship. And that means books and music and painting and architecture and any creative venture you can possibly imagine. I know as a kid, I used to think we would just sing hymns on a cloud forever. Boring. That is not what eternity will look like. Instead, it will be living in a golden, jewel-adorned city, worshiping and co-creating with the Lord. 
So I hope this gives you a taste about why I'm so passionate about my subcreations. I truly believe each of us are gifted with a sense of creativity, however that plays out. I personally like to write and play music, but you might like to get creative with spreadsheets or lesson plans or a paintbrush or in Minecraft. Whatever you create, create with gusto, serving God as the first creator and loving his Imago Dei sub-creators. Thanks for joining me for 11Zs. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, subscribe, tune in each Thursday, and tell your friends. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at KDSubcreations, and check out my blog and other free content at the link in the description. Now go where you must go and hope.